Welcome so back. Is it the more what? <laughs> what? Wait, we're starting? I don't know. I figured I'll just try. <clears throat> it didn't work. No. Failed start. Failed start. Number of series. Yeah. Leo, ready? do you want to start? Yeah. Hi, everybody. to another episode of Fangs and Fonts. I'm your host, Ocean. I'm Roland. I'm Yanara. I'm Voice. Sometimes you just gotta rip it off like a band-aid. Here oh, we are again, folks. <laughs> post foray. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> yeah, post foray. So this week we're discussing... Scenes. What makes a scene? What are scenes useful for? What's a what scene? Are What's a chapter? <laughs> What's Minmont? Minnants. Tarl's typos, that's what it is. <clears throat> Minimits. So we're going to talk all about what makes a scene and other cool stuff. <laughs> what Mostly do- about scenes. <laughs> what does make a scene? Tarl makes scenes. Tarl makes scenes. I, I make scenes. scenes. Actually, on that Tell me note, what a scene is. Open up with our Wikipedia. <laughs> Wik- this is not a Wikipedia article. Let, let, us, no Wikipedia. let us read from the book of Tarl's mandatory <laughs> Wikipedia Tarl's definition. Wiki. This is not a Wikipedia. I took this from a legit website, damn it. So is Wikipedia. Tarl's plagiarism point. <laughs> She's got you there. <laughs> yeah. I missed what she said. I said so is Wikipedia. You said I got this from a legit you know, website. <laughs> So what is the composition of a scene? Like the story itself, each scene follows a specific structure. At its heart, the arc of the scenes is the same as that of a larger story structure exhibited over the course of the book. You have your beginning, which equals the hook of your scene, the middle, which equals the development of your scene, and the end of your book, which is the climax of your scene. I'm sure we all have had our high school classes where you have the, this is your rising action, this is your climax. Mandatory giggle sure, insert I, for the climax comment. I don't really agree with this definition of a scene, though. <clears throat> How would you describe a scene? Um, well, I mean, it's the the general premise is there. You have a beginning, a middle, and an end of a scene, but I feel like if every scene had a climax, you would be pretty exhausted by the time you finished several of them. But I, I just don't understand why this it seems to define every scene as needing a climax, because that isn't true in my Does opinion. every scene need to be its own little story? That would be very exhausting well, if, to write. If you think of a scene as, say, like a chapter, generally... But a scene is not a chapter. No, that's true. No, it's chapter is like a set setting. of many scenes. Yeah, it's True. just basic depending setting. on how ba- how long your scenes and are. Depending on how you write your chapters. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> uh, however, I mean, it's... I, I kind of agree in the sense that they're kind of like little mini-story arcs, but they certainly don't all require a, com- um, a climax. They don't always require development, and they don't really require a hook. <laughs> they... Like th- th- this, well then, is inflexible. How... A scene can certainly play out this way, but it certainly doesn't have to. So, how would you, in your own terms, um, define a scene? Well, I, 
I think that describing it as like its own mini arc is correct. Um, you know, you, you have the beginning of your scene, you have the part of the scene where your stuff happens, and then you have the end, but a lot of the time you're trying to pace your story and your reader's reading pace to prevent from exhausting them or... Burning them out, boring them. Right, like, um, I think it was Shadows of the Father, um was written in such a way where every scene was so fast-paced and everything was they were running from something they were fighting something they were like, isn't that why you don't like watching tokyo ghoul is because you find it every episode exhausting i find it exhausting and, because it deals with a lot of emotional subject matter but that's kind of the premise and if, isn't if it? you write every scene like that well then your reader's going to get tired that's true and they are going to burn out and certainly not every book not even a majority of them are written like that some scenes are. Some scenes require it. You you need a you need to pepper it throughout the novel. But I mean, it's it's certainly not required nor recommended as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, anyway, have you found a, a different no, Wikipedia definition? I have, I have not. Okay. How about the the Webster's? <laughs> Webster's dictionary. It seems they all pretty much stand on the same concept, where there's various points within a scene that can make it. One way or another. My main points have to do with strengthening scenes and scene lists. But why? Yeah. I, I just don't like what the definition of that. Is it just too constraining? Implies. Yeah, like it's it certainly can be this, but I don't. I feel like if every scene were like that, the book would become taxing. Like I'm not. I'm not arguing against well, you I, because I want, I've I had want you to come at me i've had well no because i've had beta readers come back to me and go what's the what's the goal of this scene and i'm going there is no goal in this scene this is building up towards something later and maybe that could have been it at the time i didn't really see it this goes into like goals for a scene but what i'm curious about is that this says it you know a scene has a hook development sure every scene should have some sort of development and then a climax. Yeah. I don't know what it defines climax as being, mm -hmm. but when I think about climax, I think about, um, <clears throat> you know, a, bu a build up and then ultimately something exciting or fairly or large, happening. fairly significant happens when that yeah. doesn't have to be. Because to me, that's the same thing is I think in this context, climax is something huge. Whereas in, oh, baby. in the context of the scene, um, now that I'm kind of working on it in my mind, it doesn't have to be something huge. It can no. be something relatively like, small. If, where... if they're referring to climax as the end of a scene, I can see that. But, I don't know, to me climax means something significant. Well, Writer's Digest has something on it. Uh, but what is a scene? How does one define it? Scene writing is often difficult to discuss for both new and seasoned writers because a scene combines all elements of fiction in harmony with one another. It isn't just one aspect of, of the craft. It's all of them put together artfully and thoughtfully to achieve the same kind of balance you hope for in that extravagant dish you prepare for your dinner guests like you would a chef. And how much of any single element, dialogue, setting, description, etc. you need is going to depend on the particular purpose of the scene within the larger scope of your novel. Like it's a huge excerpt from writersdigest.com. 
And I think that is one of the things to point out is depending on where it is in your novel will depend on how strong, how high your climax has to be for that scene. Instead of climax, how about just an apex? Or a what? contributing factor to the novel as a whole must what, happen. What is the goal of the scene? What is the main payoff of the scene? What is the point of the scene? Why are you having this scene? What is the big takeaway from this scene? I think that's better than just saying we need a climax. True. Because saying yeah. a climax, because when, when you when you give an example of a climax in a story, you're thinking of like the rise of action, the cream of the story, like this is where it goes, this is what you've been waiting for. And you can't do that like, in every damn scene. It's just going to kill somebody. Well, yeah, d- defining it quite so rigidly doesn't do it any favors. I no. Mean, your, your scenes are inherently there for development. Um, the lead into the scene and the exit from the scene, very very greatly depending on how you want to introduce the next scene or how the last scene played out and of course your your character's motivations and everything else so when when is a good time like what should you be planning out your story scene by scene how do you know when you should start a new scene or end the current one you're in well there's a thing that's been kind of i just learned about today and i've kind of been thinking on it um, is I came across um, basically how to structure your scenes within, say, a novel. And it seems like the best method that a lot of people are finding is doing a scene list using Excel. And, I mean, we've all got some limited use of Excel, but the way that they said structure it is you have column one, which is point of view, column two, which is a one or two sentence summary of the scene, Column three is proposed word count, and column four is actual word cra- word count. And then they give some examples like Rawlings' uh, Order of the Phoenix um, spreadsheet. And, I mean, she's got it more where it's like the number of characters involved and various other things like that. And I think that way you can do a layout for a novel much like doing plotting. Only this way you're able to look at your scenes and go, well, what is the goal of this scene of the book in relation to all the other scenes? And I think that's where scenes become far more important is when they're done in relation to everything else that's going on rather than just being a single scene. That's why I think how important scenes are is far stronger in novels versus, say, short stories. Well, you also have a lot less time to present a scene in a short story. Yes. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will agree that scenes in novels do become inherently more important because your novel has to remain interesting for just that much longer when you're writing everything out. I think scenes need to change whenever you feel they start to become boring or stagnant. That is going to change every time. You're, you're never going to have a scene that's like, oh yeah, this one, this is 5,000 words, this is time to stop this scene. Yeah. Wouldn't a scene limit be defined simply by the action that you're trying to get done in that particular setting? Well, that's what I mean. Your, yeah. your scenes are defined by how long it takes your characters to do what they've set out to do, and that's it. Once, they, once they've done it, you move on to the next scene where it Bob's plays Rumble. into the part of a larger story. Well, I'm just trying to think of the last short stories I've written and how many scenes are in each short story. Oh gosh, I'd have to actually go back and count that. 
Yeah. Because it's because I have stories like my abandoned places one where there's like, a fair number of scenes in it, but then I've also it depends written... on the pace of the story, depends on what you're writing. Like, yeah, one like, of them I can think of has about four or five. Yeah, you know, like that draft I just did for the guy on the island. That's like two scenes and five pages. Yeah, well, they could be one scene. Yeah, well, that's I've got. You don't need multiple scenes. My like, trick or treat one, which is <clears throat> two scenes. You as can far think, as I can figure right now. Like, if you think about, like, a stage play and how each scene is played out, mm. you, you that's a very obvious representation of it. You have your characters. They perform the necessary actions. Lights dim. Everyone that's changes places. And then they enter in at the scene. next part of the story, the next interesting yeah. part. That's probably the best way to actually look at it. When you go back and you look at your scenes, just kind of going, okay, well, you know, how does this work as, say, a visual representation? Which actually goes to something I was reading about strengthening scenes. Um, their number one way of making your scene stronger is to relive your scene. Not rewrite, but relive. And it's imagine yourself as the main protagonist as an actor acting out that scene, how well does it flow? Does it have a natural beginning, middle, and end for that scene? And then how well does it, you know, flow from the one before into the one that comes next? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because usually for your scene endings, you're looking for things like um, a major decision having to be made, something terrible happening, something kind of... Because you're trying to move the person onto the next scene. Because otherwise they're going to just... Put, it's much like a chapter break. They're gonna, it's going to be a point where they're just going to want... You want them to continue reading for whatever reason. So generally, like sometimes a rule of thumb is the scene ends when the location changes. Mm -hmm. Or time passes. When would be the times when you wouldn't do that? Like instead of, you know, the characters had their discussion and then they went to bed. And then you would end the scene and then open it again the next morning. But instead you went... They had the discussion, they went to bed and awoke the next morning and just continued on the scene because you haven't put a scene break. Yeah. So when, when are times you would do that? See, the the going to bed one just seems so much like a natural break that That's a, it's really hard for me to kind of... Uh, do you have any examples of that happening? Yeah, it happens all the time. You need me to go find one? Well, I mean, I asked for examples. I'm sure it's happened. I could go but start I'm, looking through books, but I don't exactly have one. I can just mind, pull out. Mind. Uh, I was curious if you had any on, on uh, off. If we, if we could analyze one, I would, but I don't have one. Because um, that's a really strange. Well, it's the uh, same, like, you know, we have a discussion, like, about going to the store for groceries, and then we finish a discussion, and then I drive to the store for groceries, and then I continue going through the grocery mart. Like Some people would end for, that right I, there and then start the next scene at the grocery mart. I, I would see in something like that, like, you, you go to sleep and you wake up and you start the next day. I mean, it's almost the same as if you'd ended the scene right there. The same stuff happened. And I'm hoping you didn't focus on how they were sleeping for, you know, six or seven paragraphs. What if they were having well, nightmares? What if they were well, dwelling on and see, and, and that's, that's the case. That's of, still mostly a scene end. Yeah, but I, but you, there are still times when people will just and they went to bed and woke up the next morning and continue on. I think that feels 
see to me right now that feels awkward and I'm trying to think of a way to make it flow mm-hmm. and I was then trying to think of the ways much like Roland had said where it was like well maybe they went to bed and then had a discussion or but then it also depends on where you started the scene and, and again this goes back to that whole goal thing is like it seems very weird that if they you know you have your scene where it's like they ate supper they went to bed, they continued their discussion, and you're like, okay, well, this is a really, like, what's the goal of that scene? Why are they conversing for so long? I realize I have like, an example in this story, but it's not published. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see something like going to bed and waking up the next morning and continuing on, equivalent to ending a scene, because you've still stopped the action to go, well, they did this, and then even if you start right where you left off, you know, with them being in bed... Yeah, it doesn't... You've you stopped the action, and you've started it again with them waking up. If you include things like nightmares and dreams, that is a separate scene mm. in See, which I'm they're gonna, having their dreams. I'll agree with that. And then they wake up, which is a new scene. Because generally, usually, when a character goes to sleep, and, that is the end of a scene. And, and I agree for me, with For me personally, I would think that each time that happens, like go to bed, dream, wake up, those are each different scenes, regardless of how fluid they might be together. Unless, like, unless there is some very obvious example that I'm missing here. I can't think of one. I mean, like, even in video games, a character goes to sleep, and that's the end of the scene. Yeah, and it, then that, it starts that's a dream your save scene. point. Yeah, it starts a dream scene, or, you know, a nightmare. I think it's just because culturally we're... Sleep is one of those things where it is like blatantly. Per- perhaps if you of... viewed sleeping as like just an alternate form of conscious, like, um, yeah, consciousness, and like continued it from that point. But I see, I see going to bed and waking up as two separate things. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he asked me about Batman versus Superman. So I have no idea. Oh, well. I just know it's a thing that's happened before, and I was wondering what people thought about it. I, I, I believe you. I just can't think of anything that... Well, then why why does it end there? I think it's just the it, fact it, that we're culturally... Did you finish the scene? Like, why did it stop? I, 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 well, I think I, it's what I you think, have to start asking yourself. I think so, and I think somebody goes to bed. That's, I think it's just as contextual as why, but... It, it is, but, like, are we assuming that everyone has gone to bed? Well, no, there's, like, I think you have to ask yourself, why am I quitting the scene and opening it again? Why can't he just go to bed and wake the next morning? He could. But I, I still see that as two different scenes. I think why? it's, I think it's why because... Why can't it carry over? I, I just spent the last five yeah, minutes but explaining it. I, I'm trying to explain the opposite, is that that doesn't mean that anything happened. Just because you went to bed doesn't mean your day reset. doesn't mean that the feelings that you had right before you went to bed aren't going to continue over over. Like, maybe you didn't get to your apex of the scene. Maybe the beginning was showing the reaction of how these two characters um, interacted and then finalizing on how they react to each other after a good night's sleep. It could be done in a montage-like fashion. Well, you, that's that's what I mean. Say, Generally, say, you just kind of you skim, you speed past a part of time. Well, like, Either they're traveling or they're sleeping. I'm, I'm just... Or, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of, like, maybe some sort of training montage where you've got somebody who goes to, like, a camp or something for some superhero training thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, rest up in the morning. You're going to be sore. And then it's immediately the next day. They've gone to bed. They've had their rest. And then they're doing... The same thing as they would have been yesterday had there been more time. I could see it working like that, but I don't know if that's what you're 
I, th I think it. I again. I think it's a cultural thing where we're so have used a style to, thing and what you're trying to accomplish with your scene. Well, we're so used to, as like Yan said, video games, books, and things. Usually, it's like you go to sleep and it is, you know, go to sleep and start a new day. Everything will be better the next day, and we view it so much in ourselves as a new beginning. Every day is. Even though it is a continuation, a even reset. though you can go to yeah. bed and have the same feelings when you wake up in the morning, it is, in a way, very much a reset on mm -hmm. everything that's going on. I think it's just natural to us because of human nature. But we I, should, we, I, you do have to look and notice, why am I ending this scene? Am I doing it just because it feels natural, or did I actually accomplish what I wanted? No, and I totally agree with that. So and like, I think that goes back to building a stronger scene, because you're going to end up going to have those weak scenes where... Your entire scene is just people talking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and nothing happens. And you're going to lose your reader at that point because they're not going to care. Mm -hmm. Unless there's some kind of really interesting um, action going on in that dialogue, some very quick interplay. Well, like I was looking at Rawlings' thing here for like what she had for certain scenes, and... She like she's got the title of the scene, the plot, and then the prophecy. And it's like um she takes like all of the entire Quidditch match is one scene. Which makes sense because that's one uh action section. Because you can't just stop in the middle of a fast paced Which is very true. Scene. <laughs> See, in that, in that instance, it's a decision of how much of the Quidditch match do you want to showcase. Yeah. If it's the entire thing, well, guess what? Your entire Quidditch match is one scene. Yeah. That's sort of what I'm getting at with the whole sleeping thing. Because sleeping is a very distinct separation of the day, much like your Quidditch match is one long, continuous thing. You have your your breaks, you're like, you know, maybe you sit on the bench for a while or you've got halftime. But for the most part, that is one scene. That would almost be a question. In the same way that sleeping is usually two separate things before and after. I think it's very contextual. That's a question I'd almost want to put to Kyle Gold is because he writes a lot of the sports stories is what would he consider a scene in a sports anthology or a sports book? Um, well, it's like, I was just thinking... Just, of, I think with the sports, he, it's, it's, he also, you, it's not like you watch half a hockey game and walk away and come back later. Well, it depends if you're a Leafs fan or not. I, I know that of the, of the four to five out-of-position books that I've read, um, the, the hockey er, hockey games, whatever, the football <laughs> games, oh um, they go for quite a while. And especially because it's first person, they they tend to. Is it all like one scene that you can remember, or? Um, yeah, it's one scene, and it becomes quite tiresome, actually. Well, that's because if they are significantly long. Like I was just thinking about. And the... it's it's always from first person perspective, um, unless you like. I think you might switch chapters and then switch perspectives. Yeah, but. Because I was thinking of I don't Harry's... don't remember if he has, because that would ruin a lot of the tension he usually goes for. Well, I was thinking about Harry's first quitted match, and I'm trying to remember if it's broken up or not. Because you in that his first Quidditch match, you have two distinct things happening. You have Harry playing Quidditch, and you have Ron and Hermione trying to stop 
quotation mark Snape from sabotaging Harry's broom. And I can't remember right now in the book as if it's split up into two scenes or not, or alternating scenes. In the movie, it's very much all one scene with two perspectives, which, again, doesn't really translate well to writing. But in that case, I just find it interesting because, like, Harry does the Quidditch match, Harry wins, which is, you know, the climax of the whole thing, except when that happens is when he gets hit by the bludger or whatnot and knocked unconscious, and then that's your end scene. Hmm. Which, of course, people want to read more because they want to find out what happened to him. So what are you trying to accomplish with each scene? Displaying a particular point of action or requirement of the story to make the story happen. I would say movement towards a goal. Yeah. Thank you. Those words sound better than mine. Would you say that each scene has its own piece of the large story goal and each scene itself has its own goal each, its own. each scene would have its own goal that indirectly or directly contributes to the overall goal because if each scene doesn't contribute to your main story in some way then why is it in there much like the making part. descriptions of items that don't have a reason can you also have multiple scenes without a scene break what would be the probably I, I would I, don't I'm add, don't add a scene I, don't I add a scene break can, I just want to see what you guys think but. I would say yeah why not it, it's I think that's more of a writing style than uh, anything else I've written stories that have no scene breaks so obviously that wasn't one long scene well it could be but the other point that it is accomplishing many things throughout the story without having scene breaks. So, In most cases, I like to have scene breaks to allow for less confusion. I think that's a, it's a stylistic choice at that point. But I, I think mean, it depends on the story. It's not even style. If I have a whole, a whole story that happens in my living room, I'm not going to break it in the middle of it. What are your, very what are your different scenes within the living room? Like, for example... No, no, read my Will of the Alpha. It all happens in one, one house. Okay. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I kind of equate something like that to one-act plays, mm-hmm. where it happens in the same building, in the same, in the yeah, same room, they don't with the same change. people. There are sometimes they might change the dates, but a lot of the time that ends up being just one scene. Though I suppose you could have different scenes. That's what I'm going at. Do you have different scenes that don't involve scene breaks, and you're just kind of moving from one section of the story to the next? Or uh, an action happens, and so you kind of finish that off and move to the next part? I get mm-hmm. It's a very difficult really, question. It is. This is actually quite That's the, really strange no, to conceptualize. Well, like, to be fair, in the story I'm thinking, they start, like, he enters, he starts outside the house, he enters inside the house, he moves to the living room, they move upstairs, and so each time they move, you could consider it almost a scene, Mm. but it's all one continuous, there's no break and come back, so. Maybe, that's still a very conscious storytelling device. I think... Like, it works. It, it would certainly work. Like, would you call that one scene? Would you call that various scenes? I would I almost want to call it and 
horrible terminology here, but almost like a soft scene where you, instead of like clean, hard, here's, this is the end of the scene, this goes on, it's more of a, for to go back to our play reference, where as the person is walking from, say, one setting to the other, the scenery behind is changed instead of having the curtain go down or the lights go off, the scene changes as he's going. So you're still changing from one scene to another, but it's not a blatant hard, hard yeah. cut. It's mm -hmm. you're moving from one element to another. You're still doing a separate scene. So would that be like a the definition of the scene? Would that be a ro rolling scene change type of thing then? Yeah. You know, well, like, like that's probably the best way. To I, I've I found a couple other definitions of scene here. Like it, we really need to be able to define a scene. Mm -hmm. Sequence of we continuous can... actions in a play, movie, opera, book. Yeah. So like and there you go. With, depending on what our definition of a scene is, Ocean's example changes. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like the place where an incident in real life or fiction occurs or occurred, uh, well, which is certainly not the one we're going for. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a literal scene. A place with the people, objects, and events in it regarded as having a particular character or making a particular impression. Uh, an incident of a specified nature. Yeah, or a, I would say a sequence of continuous action in a play, movie, opera, or book. So, which is still pretty vague. <laughs> so, in the end, we're right back to where I we mean, started. I mean, I'm going to go with it's subjective. <laughs> Everything's subjective. So, well, and because it's subjective, you and I are bound to disagree on it. <laughs> let me, uh, let, me, let, me let me pose this to the group. So before this podcast, have you when you're writing, how often do you think did you think about your scenes? When I write them? Yeah. I usually thought about them in the sense of the overall goal, not the goal of the scene. To me, each scene is essentially a plot point. And that could be a character development plot point or an actual plot device where something happened and then you're chaining those along as you go. Um, like, again, like either it's really easy to do this happened in this scene, end scene, open next scene, there's another thing that happened, end scene, open scene, another yeah, thing happened, I, and this guy felt bad. Or in the same sense with, like, one continuous where it's like plot point, move to the next plot point, move to the next plot point. Things are happening as you're kind of moving along in mm. and out and in and out or rising up each time. So. I always saw a scene being a, a vessel for which the interesting things in your hap story happen from place to place. What oh. happens between the scenes? <laughs> I would say Sleep. for me <laughs> a scene is like a ladder or a staircase that each step takes you one closer to the top of the story, to the crest of the action, to your goal, um, whether it be a big step or a little step, or I, I just feel like everyone is, is a step. Every every scene has a reason. Every scene brings you towards the climax of the story. Maybe they're like moguls. <laughs> or like the staircase going up to grassy lakes. Well, this one's only two inches, but that one's a half a foot. See, for me, as I was studying earlier, it's, I was never really fully conscious of the fullness of the scene. It was all, as Ocean said, plot points towards the full climax of the story, which this 
actually podcast has me thinking now next time that I go back and look at either stories for the science fiction horror anthology or writing my own stories the actual construction of a scene I think I'm going to be far more aware of how it's composed and I think very much in that own being aware of it in itself is actually going to end up making it a stronger story well I was actually thinking of that too because just with how you were looking at plotting out the scenes and I, I guess it's just made me more aware of that I unconsciously do it so if I consciously start setting up my scenes in you know god forbid I do pre-planning it might make some of the uh, things I write a little less plotting and a little less drastic for editing <laughs> well the one story I put together I was doing much when I was doing the plotting for it I very much put down just plot points and looking back it's like it was very close to doing actually just a cut down of scenes rather than you know these are actually plot points Mm -hmm. but it also helped to sit down because I would start writing and it it very much became kind of like playing sims (laughs) where it's like you're You're like oh I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the next job level before I turn off the computer well in this case it's I'm going to finish the scene before I go on to the, you know. Okay. Um, what's next for our scenes? Like, what, what is a sequel? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm looking at that and I'm... Like, I, I don't really no, understand. Not. I don't really I understand this concept of a sequel. Tarl, take us It's through. right there. Like, do you understand this, Tarl? The sequel <laughs> is the second half of the scene. Sometimes isn't gets short... Sometimes it gets shortchanged. But isn't that just... Well, I, I read the definition... Basically, it's like you're the tail end after your climax. It's basically your disaster or whatever has happened. But the climax of scenes, scenes don't have to scene? let scenes don't have to let your characters process information. And, and I'm kind of with that. It's kind of another scene. Yeah, like it, it. You can't say it's a sequel because you haven't ended it because you can't in, end the scene. In the same sense that saying. not every scene needs a climax, not every yeah, scene needs an a, ending or a sequel. I don't. I don't want to read scene after scene where characters Sorry. are constantly processing information. It's the, the sequel is the scene, as terrible as it's going to sound, the scene that takes place after your scene. You're basically they're reacting to, especially if your previous scene had a disaster of some sort. It's their reaction once they get past the knee jerk reaction. It's the long term effect. So in the case of say like oceans. The that doesn't sound like a scene, though. But it still sounds... No, well, it just it's, sounds... It's, that, that sounds even less like a scene now that you said it that way. <laughs> because... I don't know, honestly! The, the effects that a scene has... Okay, okay. The, the effects that a scene has on characters... <laughs> Trigger warning, this episode throughout the course the of a book. Scene. And there, there's no one scene that I feel that really adequately describes that, unless you specifically have a scene where they're sitting down and, like, talking about their feelings. Like a scene could have these these things, like characters can react and process and all that, but is that enough s- substance to give it its own definition? Sequel begins after the tactical disaster or failure, or <clears throat> as in the case of the gift of the Magi, success at creating a larger success that created a larger problem. See, this sounds like it would be tough. Having about. not achieved their goal in the scene, the character is thrown into an introspective state in the sequel. 
probably why. Okay, so it's referring to a very specific. In this case, they're referring to the gift of the magi. As if the gift of the magi were a novel, the the short story itself would be the scene, and then the sequel would be basically the second half of the book. So they're referring to a very specific instance where you have like this hero's quest, and their plan fails and the hero experiences self-doubt. That, that's what that's telling me. So, enough of the definitions. <laughs> Let's just get down to the basics and work out those kinks and go, what's a good way to know how to start a scene? What, what do you want to do when you're starting a scene? Is it like starting a story? Do you need your setting and character and paint the picture that you're about to go? Or what, what information do you need to start off a scene? I think you definitely need to establish the setting and the character. I think that's, I mean, even if it's a first-person book where there's only one character that's definitely the protagonist, I think it's just to kind of keep doing that. But how in-depth do you really need to do that between scene and scene since we're already probably following this main character, we already know who they are, assuming we're not changing viewpoints, which is generally kind of looked down upon unless you're already establishing that, that you're going to do that. And it's very rare that unless you expressed a scene change, like wait, they're going yeah. somewhere. Because um, if, you know, you end the scene and then you open it up and go, now we're at the grocery store, then mm. you'll say, at the grocery store. Yeah. But how often do you need to really pick up other than the next morning or at the grocery store? Well, I think if you're staying in the same location, I think we're doing very much... Shopping this episode. That, that depends on how much setup there is between the last scene and the next scene. Because if... They say, let's go to the grocery store. We can safely assume that that the main character and everyone around him at that time is at the grocery store in the next scene. Yeah. Because if you start the next scene as, Bob woke up. If you start a new chapter and you begin a completely fresh scene, then obviously there's a little more setup required. But I think if your character's not moving locations, you can easily do... They could be moving locations, but depending on how much information the reader already has, you don't really have to go on. Well, I was just, if you're switching into another scene, like another location, you're going to end up describing that location anyway. You would describe it with the things that are present and not saying, hey, so at the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. But I would, but that's still Passing the produce aisle, I noticed that one of the apples were rotten. But that still sets up your scene. That still sets up your location where this is, you have your character and and you have where you are. But it's, it's implicit as opposed to whether or not you are explicitly mentioning where the character is or who he's with. Yeah. But you're still establishing the location. Right. I'm just saying there's there's different requirements for how you set up your scene depending yeah. on how you left it. Yes. Do you need to hook your reader at the beginning of your scene, do you think? There's... One bit of advice that I've always sort of agreed with is that Everything that you write about should be interesting. If it's boring you, it's boring your reader. So every scene that you write should have purpose. Should it have a hook? No. Should it be interesting to read about? Probably. I I see a hook as being... it's, It's somewhat purple in nature. Um... 
because hooks are there explicitly to get the attention of your reader and then to keep them. So in your first scene, perhaps, or in the start of your book, you would have a hook that is involved with your scene that then gradually dies down and becomes the rest of the book. The rest of your book should be interesting. The, your scene should be interesting, but I don't think they need hooks. Not all of them. I think your scenes need to be interesting, though. Uh, like, it feels really weird when you... when like it. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and go, this is a very quick scene where I just... He gets in the car, he drives over and gets out because I needed that reason to show that there was a transition, but I still think you should rework it. <laughs> because, like you said, like if it just sounds boring just talking about it. And I've seen stories with that where it's like a scene that's two sentences where it's like they went to bed that night and they woke the next morning, you know. <laughs> they went home and then they were bored. And you're like, oh, well, now I'm bored. And Yeah, exactly. And I'm kind of confused, like, why did you put that in there? Why didn't you just merge that into one of the other two scenes? Or what was the purpose of that scene? Like, I'm pretty sure I could have skipped it and nothing would have changed. I think it goes back to people who just want to include everything in the story and you're like, that doesn't need to be included. Like... Some people, yeah, some people think that they're like, oh, what if I don't describe how this person got to the store? Well, how will people know? Uh, how will I describe the white Honda Civic? When he arrived drives? at the store <laughs> in his white Honda Civic. Yeah, it's like, uh, he needs to know how much fuel he spent to get there. Uh, he had to fill up. It cost forty-two fifty, and it got him 14.3 miles to the Sobeys across town. It was a very small town. <laughs> like it's that's boring to write about it's boring to read about especially like so yes your scenes should always be interesting they should always contribute to yeah. your story and it, that's going to change based on what your goal for that particular scene are and how far the characters have come along in that story you know obviously if the characters like approximately one mountain away from fighting the final boss, they're not going to be learning basic spells and trivia bullshit like going to the grocery store. Maybe they're foraging for food and practicing their advanced magic. Well, that just makes me think of um, hard science fiction, where a lot of... I mean, hard science fiction is definitely not for a lot of people. Reason being is because usually when they're describing what's going on, they're going into great depth and prose about how this science works and to the average reader especially people who are used to different kinds of science fiction they're sitting there going what's what's the point because literally the entire scene is i'm going to explain to you how this faster than light travel works because warp speed doesn't exist so here let me explain to you black hole theory and some genres do truly work like that it's odd and i i mean truly there's something for everyone and there's someone for everything but well it just, just sounds boring to me like to, to go through that much extrapolation well, it's just because i'm reading uh peter watts novel uh his sequel to blind sight and it's very much this takes place so far in the future that when he sits there and talks about Say, for example, that he has two characters sit down to eat. They're talking about the people who are running their spaceship. 
as basically a hive mind of basically people who have linked their brains together into one consciousness. But then it goes into an entire discussion about the things that they're giving up and the things that they're gaining and how it all works versus predictability and how they're basically a supercomputer. And by the time the end of the scene comes, you're like, why did I just read that? What's the point? It's And some people truly enjoy that. Some people truly enjoy that. And that's great. And I'm not one of them. Yeah. Like that goes against everything we just talked about. Yeah. But I still disagree with, like, I disagree that most stories need that level of description. Most don't. And I mean, Peter Watts writes, I mean, people who pick up that book know specifically what they're getting into. I knew what I was getting into as soon as I picked it up. The the people that read that kind of thing will definitely know where to find it. Yeah, because I picked up a uh, Elizabeth Bear book, and she's hardcore science fiction. And I picked up the second book in the series by accident, started reading, and went, fuck it. I don't know what's going on because guess what? I don't have all the friggin' background stuff that she wrote in the first one. So shit's happening. People are coming out of cryostasis. And I'm like, what's going on? Why are they all clones of clones of clones of each other? But yeah, again, this goes against everything that we were just talking about. Because they, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of exposition that some people really enjoy because it's hard sci-fi. But for the most part, you could probably do without I think to end a scene, usually, I mean, if you're writing, at least regularly, you have some concept of when a scene's going to end. It should feel natural that this is where you're going to end it. That said, usually when we're caught up in writing, you might not always know. Ultimately, I think a scene needs to end when, really, when you've said what you needed to say. Is anything interesting still happening? Are the characters sitting around picking their nose? Has then you maw from the climax of the scene? Has something actually happened in your scene? <laughs> Is something about to happen? Has something happened? Have you written enough Tigroxes yet in this scene? No? Yes, Maybe the you answer is add zero. Some more. <laughs> but yeah, it's very much a case of it should feel natural and it should I mean, much like ending a chapter. You should have an... I mean, already, hopefully, you have an idea of what your next scene's going to be. But, like, it... Sorry, I was going to say, there's there's certainly a reason we have such so much trouble nailing down what a scene is. I've never heard any hard and fast rules about what it takes to, to make, to create, to begin, continue, and end a scene. The scenes stop mostly when you feel like it also when most of the actions already happened you've accomplished your purpose for setting up that scene you 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 have finished your little miniature story you are going to put a period on it and move on it begins your next scene like it's not much more complicated than that i guess yeah because it very much is a case of you what you have wanted to accomplish has happened have you provided something that wants the reader much like as we said like kind of like a chapter break have you sometimes it's trying to drive the reader to read more you want to intrigue them into reading more so i mean you can end your scene with things like a major decision has to be made something terrible happens a portent of something that is about to happen that's bad strong display of emotion or raising a question that has no immediate answer, or just 
some of the ones that this website suggests. But you, I think you definitely need to end it in such a way that you want to continue reading. Your your reader wants to continue, or they're just going to put down, especially in this day of Kobo's and whatnot. They're going to just shorten attention spans. Yeah, they're going to click it into sleep mode and put it aside and go back to bed, or go to bed, or do whatever. Ultimately, a scene is much like your story. You you want to be able to keep it interesting, and well, your scene is not going to be very interesting if you just keep going on. Well, your story has to have points that go along and build up, and then you know execute all that, and then you know wane off. And novels, of course, will have constant rising and lowering of the action, and these are usually usually stringed together with scenes. So you're you're looking at how to chain these together in the best way and bring into one introduce the the issue you're going to be dealing with or maybe not maybe it's a surprise that shows up they either deal with it or they learn new knowledge or something changes or a character changes and then you fade out and then from with that new piece you build onto it with each scene well then have we beaten this horse I don't think we've beaten it, but we sure have talked about it a lot. I think we've beaten the glue? talk about beating horses over all our podcasts. <laughs> I think yes. I started that. But No shame. No, it has definitely made me think about my own stories and the construction of them. And I think I'm, at this point, definitely going to be more aware of my scenes, where they're going, where are they coming from, and how they interplay with each other. Yeah, you know you've done a good job. Scene? Yeah, exactly. You know you've done a good job when your subject makes you go, oh, hey. <laughs> well, it's very much like, as I said, I had the one beta reader who stated, you know, what's the goal of the scene? And I kind of at the time was like, I don't quite get it. There's no goal to the scene. And now looking at it after this discussion, it's like, well, maybe I should go back and look at it and see if I actually knew what the goal of the scene was when I was writing it. Yeah, it was definitely, what. why am I writing this? Am I getting bored writing this? Because if I'm getting bored, they're going to be bored. Yeah. Is this really that consequential, the plot that it must be told? Do I need to say these details? Do I not these details? You know, what is the goal here? What is this scene supposed to accomplish? And how is this scene supposed to build a bigger picture for the entire plot? Well, it's like I was, I'm reading um, Dragons of Autumn Twilight for the Dragonlance series, and I just finished a scene where the characters have just the end of the scene is literally them getting on the backs of pegasi and falling asleep as they fly off and i was like this does not make me want to continue reading at all it's like this yeah, is a uh, boring conclusion to it that's a really good point think about when you're watching a movie or reading a book or watching you know tv or something where you're engaging and there's something where you're, like even with a video game you're just kind of like well i'm bored i don't even know why i'm reading or watching or playing this still like what what am I actually motivated to do? There was a game actually I was playing yesterday where I'm just like, oh, like they're like, you should get to the end of this room. And I'm just like, why? What is, other than you telling me I should get there, what? What's what, prompting me? Why is my character doing this? Why do I care what's doing? I, why am I just doing, why don't I just quit and go do something that tells, that engages me more? Yeah. And you've got to be looking at that with each of your scenes. Like what, what, what are the people's motivations in this scene? What are they hoping to get out of each scene? You know, when you introduce that uh, that scene, like, why are we here? What does the character want? What are we hoping to happen? What is not going to happen? What's going to be taken away from them? Yeah. And then once that happens, how are they going to deal with it? Show us the reaction of it. And then move on to what's the next point. And that's something else to take into consideration when you're reading books, is take a look at their scenes. 
see how they constructed. Are they working? Are they not working? You know, what's working successfully, what's not working, and obviously avoid that. <laughs> well, what do you think? I think plush ocean is awesome. Yes, plus, plus ocean is awesome. Oshipo. <laughs> Oshipo. Oshipo. Give me back my Oshipo. So let's end this scene. You're oh, a podcast. Did we reach our goal? Did we? I don't know. Did we have a goal? Sweet fuck. That's a good question. This is why we have <laughs> our goal was to be concise. We failed. Um, what did we forget to talk know. about scenes? What did you like about talking about scenes? You know what? Did we cause a scene? How how aware of your own scenes are you when you write? Um, I will be honest. I have not been very aware of my scenes as a conscious thing, but I will m- most likely be now. I was gonna say. I think I was, I was totally. I, I find a lot of these episodes we go away going. Why didn't we ever think about this? Yeah. That's a good thing to think about. We may not have hit the topic as deep as we wanted, but at least we but were able to scratch us. the surface and go... It helped us! Well, in the beginning, this was always kind of a discussion podcast, almost. Yeah. Sometimes we talk about learning, but we're throwing ideas off ourselves. We're figuring things out and pushing that knowledge on to you guys. So, what did you learn? What would you... What did we forget? What did you like? You know, send us comments and emails at thanksandfonts at gmail.com, thanksandfonts.com, or our Twitter feed, twitter.com slash thanksandfonts, our Facebook feed at thanksandfonts. Otherwise, thanks for coming around, guys. We will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And see you. exhausted by the time we finished several of them. I mean, I can only go once or twice at most. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought... Oh, I'm a shooter. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Cut. Uh, I'm a grower, not a shower. I'm that too. I don't know why we just did that. I don't know. It was your choice. I don't... <coughs> well, good I to know. I could go does, for hours. Does, like, does One scene. <laughs> <laughs> one several really, cli- I don't even need more than one scene. I just take a really one scene, really several scenes. Bam! So I hit you good? with another one, and a bam! That and when you so think good. we're going down the den, you might swing up with the rising action again and hit you again. <laughs> <laughs>